Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email Marketing. And my guest today, I'm delighted to have him for a one-on-one conversation, finally, is Dennis Damon. I will say currently uh, Chief Privacy Officer at Meripost, among many other things, but but a gentleman with a ton of experience in uh, many domains, including email. Dennis, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. It's uh, it's fun to, to to get back out there a little bit more, you know, since the pandemic lockdown and and, and doing it in sort of a different way, but we're not physically having to fly anywhere for these things. Do you miss it <laughs> flying? I do actually. In fact, I'm flying on Thursday, so I'm actually uh, pretty happy about it. My uh, Jennifer, my wife, and I, uh, you know, we, we did a couple of trips here and there. You know, as you know, my sons are in university and they play uh, collegiate tennis, so we got a chance to fly out to Florida to go watch them play in the beginning oh, wow. of the summer, and then. Uh, Jennifer and I took off, went to Nashville just to kind of get away and go hear some music and then yeah. did our typical, you know, uh, trip to Turks and Caicos about two weeks ago and I jump on a plane and go international here in about two days. So, wow, <laughs> there you go. Well, it, 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 it is, it is something to start to get back out. Like it's a little, yeah, it's a little weird though with, with what's happening with the new outbreaks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and as somebody, you know, as you know, I, I do a lot of work here in the city, you know, on the emergency management side of things as a volunteer. And yeah, you know, you, you, you kind of wonder, like, what, what am I about to get into here? Jumping on a plane, going somewhere a little bit further than I have been, you know, yeah. in a while. Yeah. So. And, and you're in Texas, if I recall, right? Yep, just outside of Dallas. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, Texas, uh, not, not without its particular challenges at this point in time. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be an interesting month or two. <laughs> What's happening down in Austin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Austin, Austin slash DC. You know, if nothing else, we've got fifty years worth of civics lessons for school kids that are not ancient historical figures. Like, no, last week. Yeah. Uh, this is what a quorum is, kids. Last week, right? A yeah. bunch of people got on an airplane, and if there's not enough numbers, the rules say it doesn't count. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching this through my son's eyes because it just. I mean, the timing is it's kind of perfect with them being juniors in college and now getting their first introduction to adulthood, and then sort of that that idea of like what's what what else is going on beyond what mom and dad will let me see. It's interesting to have this conversation with them, you know, to to kind of, you know, especially when they've got other adults that they're talking to that their age mm-hmm. or professors and their mm-hmm. coaches and whatnot who have completely different Do mindsets and, and yeah. political thoughts. And the boys come home and go, oh, you're never going to believe what this person said. And I'm like, well, all right, let's let's and, have this conversation. And you're so, juniors in college, you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. So so they did they continue school during the pandemic here? No, that it's been just a year. Actually, in March of last year, they were in Florida at a tournament. And they got sent home about halfway through. Okay. We were told, "Hey, you know, you know, kids are going back to back to the college for safety purposes, um, and they're going to be on campus." And of course, they arrive on campus and they went, "Never mind, we're going to send them home for a, a week, and and we'll let you know." <laughs> Six eight weeks later, they're still here. Yeah. And finally, we're like, "Hey, listen, um, you know, we're paying on room and board, and you know, we'd like to figure out what you're doing." And they finally just said, "You know, come get your stuff. We're going to continue to finish off the year." remotely and so they came home yeah. and finished off the the rest of the spring semester they did some summer stuff here and then fall went into a hybrid which basically ended up being teachers prerogative yeah. and basically teachers went oh well so i don't really have to go to the university so let's just do remote and so you'd find them sitting in their beds laying down with their laptops yeah. at eight o'clock in the morning sleeping with the <laughs> screen yeah in front of them. <laughs> yeah my, my uh my younger son it, last year would have been his senior year he's at a, a small liberal arts college in washington and the spring experience right the march to the mm-hmm. end was was so jarringly different yeah we talked yeah. it through and he's like i don't want to spend a year on zoom we said uh you know we agree yeah. so he actually did a gap year two weeks i'll be back at school he did a gap year and it, it i think it turned out being a fantastic 
experience. Sammy landed a great gig. He learned to work. He bought a, you know, bought a beater pickup and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, okay. Right. Yeah. Okie dokie. Well, it's a nice break for them. I mean, you know, I, I wish I thought about doing that when I was in college. Like I ran through it as fast as I could. And, you know, and it was just, it was just too much at times. I mean, you know, towards, especially that, that junior, you know, junior year, at least for me, was kind of like one of those ones, like uh, you were taking more, for, for me, there was a lot more math involved, like statistics, like who loves statistics? I didn't, um, you know, I could have used that little brain break. And we did talk about it with them, but they ended up going back, you know, yeah. um, and, and actually living on campus or living uh, in a new condo there with some other in folks. Con- and Okay, cool. But it's kind of fun for them, I think now, especially, you know, with uh, us empty nesters. Um, you know, my wife went back to work last year after 20 years because her full-time, you know, job, what she wanted, right? She yeah. wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so she's gone back to now of all things working as a librarian at a local elementary school. So it's, you know, keeping her busy. We see yeah. them less and less because again, they have their own lives. We don't force them, you know, home yeah. or anything like that, but yeah. it gives them that opportunity to spread their wings until they go, Oh, Hey, I'm going to come home for the weekend and here's some dirty laundry. Need some money. Can you take us food shopping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh it's going to be a marker for kids, no matter what, you know, what the path was for them. Um, I, I'm, I feel especially for the ones who either senior year of high school or freshman year of college was was the pandemic yeah. like bucket. It's like, no, you need to yeah. be with your tribe at that stage. Yeah, you either missed your prom or you yeah. didn't get the, the big kickoff for you know, you know, for the end of your senior year and yeah. or vice versa. I, I I watched a lot of their friends go well, their junior then senior friends go through that. It was just kind of like, oh, I hate that you're missing those sort of moments, yeah, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. the end of senior parties or the big tennis, the tennis team for the high school did a big party. They couldn't do it. Yeah. Know? And even dumb though, it sounds, you know, like graduation yeah. ceremonies and those kind of oh, workers, yeah. which we all poo pooed at the time, but we actually probably still remember. <laughs> like, yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Now you law enforcement originally into email. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I love to blame my father for this one. Um, you know, I so I grew up in a in a in a Bell family. I was a Bell brat, as they say. So all of our relatives worked for AT and T or SBC oh, wow. back then. Wow. Um, and I yeah, I went to school for for law enforcement. I had planned and and did my bachelor's and graduated. I planned on going back and doing my master's and or PhD in criminology and. You know, joining you know long term into the federal agency of some choice of mine, and and yeah, that'd be it. Um, but again, growing up in a telecommunications family, you also get pulled into the technology side of things. So I was the, I was the one kid on the on the street that that had, if you remember, the old Packard Bell computers with the case that would slide off to be able to you know get into it. it wasn't the desktop standard? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. You know and. And so, you know, I was the one kid that would stand at the CompUSA line at two o'clock in the morning. Of course, my father would do it with me. So I get the latest modems. But I also had the ability to have like four and five phone lines in my room. Because again, working with a, in a telecommunications family, you get all these benefits. So I ran actually a, a couple of bulletin board systems for, for a number of years. Oh, and cool. that was sort of my entree into news groups, Usenet. Yep. Uh, a lot of the folks that even we still see today in the industry came from that area. And so we were dealing with, you know, spam within news groups back then. And a lot of us were, you know, those, those anti-spam people that, you know, were trying to prevent it. Um, so I was self-taught geek basically. And yeah. as I came home from bachelor's degree, father said, Hey, you know, come home and, and I'll get you a summer job. And he did. And um, I'll age both of us probably here, but my job at AT&T was to migrate them from token ring to ethernet Woo! And, and OS to OS to warp to windows. Oh and baby. Then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Real, real hot stuff. Um, but dad, dad calls me. I'm getting ready to go back. I, you know, I'm getting ready to go back to school. Dad calls and goes, Hey, you know, there's this thing called the internet. I think you're messing with this thing at home all the time. Cause I hear it beeping and beep and whatnot. And he's like, but they're looking for somebody to come, you know, over to the division to, to you know, understand and to help yeah. you know police if you will and they need somebody who understands law but they understand technology nice so i i was like all right i'll take a look at this you know and and you know instead of going back to you know working as a you know as a deputy or something making thirty-seven thousand dollars a year i get this job at at&t 60 person division basically making i think 50 some odd thousand dollars a year and i was like oh this is great like i get to work inside and i'm getting a lot of good money and i get to play with technology yeah and i and i never went back to the law enforcement full time but 
And yeah. well, and and yet now I betray myself for having uh, made sure I boned up even more in your LinkedIn bio. Now you are involved, but more at a federal level with uh, with D- D- Department of Homeland Security, correct? The policy. Level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it was a uh, it was an appointed uh, position from Obama's administration, actually. So I advise DHS Secretary, Chief Privacy Officer, any of those folks that are you know higher up there on privacy and security. What what a lot of agencies do, and you've seen this several times, and mostly people see it from the White House perspective, the advisor to the president, right? You know, all these groups and organizations have these groups of people. Ours is called the DIPIAC, the Data Privacy Integrity Advisory Committee. And our job is to look at technologies and, you know, look at their policies and procedures and as experts, give them that feedback or those mm-hmm. uh, those sorts of things. Um, one of the things that you're probably more familiar with if you travel, for those, you know, that are listening, if you travel international, Sometimes now you walk up to your gate now, and instead of you giving them either your passport or your ticket now, you walk up and there's a there's a tablet, and you look right. at it, and it turns green, and it approves you, and they just say go on to the plane. Right. Those are those are the sorts of technologies that we would take a look at and go, okay. And this is kind of the, the top level example. It's like, yeah, your passport comes from the Department of State, but yet the the stuff that the DHS or what DHS does is a completely separate thing, and the data uses are different. And you know, how do you transpose those and how long do you hold on to the pictures and where do you get it from it you know so we so we advise them and we even test those technologies for them oh, as wow. they need so okay. yeah it's a lot of fun okay and then yeah. in, in in terms of email since at some point we'll talk about email at least a little bit <laughs> <laughs> email uh, isn't that dead <laughs> re, no, <laughs> right not at all re, uh re, re, return pass um eloqua Maripost now, like multiple, multiple email companies over your career, yes? So I started at at and I did about five, six years there running policy and okay. procedures. So, you know, it's that, that compliance person. And I spent two, two and a half years with the folks at uh, MATS or Mail Abuse Prevention Systems working on the first email blacklist. And okay. Paul Vixie and a lot of the folks that are still in the industry today, we all worked together uh, there for a number of years. Um that was 01 when the market had that downturn. So Paul shut down portions of the business. We left. I stupidly went to work back for a Fortune 100 company, even though I jo- enjoyed my time at a startup and ended up at Verizon for two years doing the same work that I was at AT&T. Oof. That's when Frank Adante and Tim McQuillan of Strongmail were putting together the company. Uh, Tim had left Austin and gone to uh, San Francisco. And and uh, they ended up saying or finding me, if you will, within this um, ecosystem, because at, at the ISP level, what we were also doing is we were working with with folks at the then brand new ESP level. Right. ESPs yeah. were just really coming yeah, yeah. big. And we were saying, don't send spam quality over quantity, you know, all those things. And and from those little groups that we were all a part of, whether it was the email center provider coalition, the ESPC back then, they would have us come speak at their events as the you know, postmasters and things like that. Well, Tim and them said, hey, you know, why don't you come on over here and bring all that knowledge and and, and help us build, you know, this platform called Strongmail. And, you know, we'd love for our customers to hear about it, have you build the technologies for us. And sure, why not? So I left 18, oh, sorry, I went to, uh, left Verizon and went to do that. Spent six years loving every moment of that time there. Nice. Um, wasn't planning on leaving. And then uh, the uh, uh, Joe Payne from Eloqua uh, was asked to come in and basically form a new team to do something with where Eloqua was at the time. So they started reaching out to tons of people, created a brand new executive you know, committee, yeah. um, brought me in to run privacy and security for that. And I was a part of that fun uh, drive in defining what marketing automation was, uh, something completely brand new to us. And yeah. it was probably the best job I had ever had, actually, uh, up until that time. And again, really enjoyed that sort of time, taking the company through its IPO. And then, as you know, the acquisition, the Oracle, um, you know, and then, you know, you go vest in peace, you know, with Oracle or whoever it is for a while and then kind of go, yeah, I want to go back to the startup life. Um, And (laughs) why do we do that? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, you know, I was like, it's just easier. But the interesting thing about return path was I had, I had known George Bilbrey and Tom Bartell and Matt Blumberg from, you know, what, well now 20 years plus now, but um, and had been an advisor to their company because I was doing some advisement and startup investments, yeah. you know, over the last couple of years. Yeah. And um, Tom had left to go start a company. And so Matt said, why don't you come and take his position, run compliance? And I said, yeah, let's, let's do that. And so, yeah, five years later, we sold the company in 2019. I 
like everyone else, took some time off. And then, you know, COVID hit and went, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just consult and hang around. And I had been helping Ross for a while on and off with his business, just advising when he needed it. And, uh, you know, as you know, he acquired uh, Nito, which is the e-commerce platform now from our post um, and had asked me to take a look at some stuff. And at the end of last year says, are you ever going to make it official and come work here? Because he'd asked me, he'd asked me in the past, but I was happy with what I was doing at Eloqua. I was happy with doing what I was doing at Return Path. Yeah. And it just, the timing was perfect for it. So oh, I came good. on board. Yeah. And this Ross, Ross equal Maripost for, for, for those who aren't doing inside baseball. Um, and, and my word, are you in, are you right in the eye of the storm with your expertise on, on privacy and security? Like, it, it goes everywhere. I'm I'm touching a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm helping, you know, John and the team sometimes on deliverability and sort of email standard issues. The Apple thing, like today's you know webinar, is, is yeah. one of those good examples. It's like I'm the go between on some of that because I'm sitting in the middle of those discussions or listening to you know to you guys on that. Um, and then the same thing happens on some of the other product lines or some of the adjustments that might need to be made in terms of how we're going to be doing email, um, your standards, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's kind of fun to bring some of that, you know, 25 years of knowledge into yeah. this to make things even better and, and, and to figure out how we can, um, you know, build a bit bigger and better product over time. But, um, yeah, so yeah. And then I'm done with the privacy and security stuff. All that falls onto me, everything yeah. that's on that, yeah, on that perspective. And then whatever else. You know, they go, hey, you know, we're looking at acquiring this company or, you know, doing this, you know, come help look at the M&A process since I've done that before. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have to say your, your, your dad made a pretty prescient call, <laughs> right? Yeah. Technology, yeah. policy, law. And, you know, yeah. as you said, 25 years later, yeah, yeah. you're still you, you're, you're still right in the middle of um, those things. I, I'm I, I I'm a, more than a bit of a student of history. <laughs> And it intrigues the heck out of me that the ragged, rough edge of the digital frontier is 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 so personal. Mm-hmm. That's a bit unexpected. I mean, yes, we've had all sorts of massive transformations. We could talk all day about that. Right. But but the the place where we're now going, uh, hang on a second, need some rules, barbed wires, boundary, yeah. and stuff like that is a is a very personal, not a very macro thing. It's like, wait a minute, I don't necessarily want you know them knowing about this or i want to be able to define it and yeah. and control it are you surprised by the level of of debate national level debate not so much anymore i mean you know i i kind of giggle about sort of like how i you know grew up in the digital age in terms of like how i would protect myself again i knew what was happening and so like many others we all bought our own email domains and said all right i'm going to create all these different email addresses yeah. so i've got tons of tagged email addresses in fact i complained about it today where I have one that was from six, seven years ago. This is on Twitter, if anybody cares. But, you know, and all of a sudden it's getting spammed now. But, um, you know, but most individuals, our neighbors, our you know, non-technical folks really hadn't really cared about this because okay. the technology was a technology. They just look at it. It does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And in one of the keynotes that I'd been doing over the last year and a half, I kind of uh, talk about the changing landscape of privacy. And part of the example that I had, you know, you know discussed in that year or you know, two years ago was, you know, the economy has been so heavily reliant on the, you know, uh, the data driven aspect of it. Right. You know, we, you know, the amount of jobs, the amount of, you know, uh, revenue that uh, that companies make and what happens is it's all digital now. Um, and again, people haven't really kind of cared about it. It wasn't until the Cambridge Analytica issues happened. The like, I, like I can't wake up anymore without actually turning on the TV or opening up a, a newspaper for those that might still read those things. Um, and it just screams data breach every yeah. single day. Yeah. Every so day. now what we're seeing is people that are now hyper aware of their data being misused. Now this new thing with Apple and, and child porn has got everybody, all these people that would have never talked about this mm-hmm. at all are now going, well, I don't want them looking at my images in the cloud anymore. Like, what's that mean? So, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, it's a natural progression that's happened. It didn't happen overnight, right? I mean, we've all been carrying these digital devices and phones and watches for a very long time. but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the attorney generals are, are very tired of, of the data breaches or data misuses. Uh, the regulators are tired of it. And I think consumers are now asking, rightfully so, you know, what are you doing with my data? I, I'm tired of, of, of things happening. I'm tired of having to get a new debit card. I'm I just I'm tired and I don't yeah. want to lose it anymore. So, yeah. yeah. And and in the U.S., I would have to say our approach is patchwork maybe we're going to start to get to an you know an actual national level discussion mm-hmm. and eventually maybe set of binding decisions because it's yeah. it 
it it it it's a it's a bit scattershot, right? Yeah. If you live in California, this. If you live in Colorado, that. Da, yeah. da, 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 and yeah. Just keeping track of that's a daunting lift for the companies that really want to act legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. You listen to email folks talking like uh, I was. Uh, you mentioned the. Uh, um, the discussion, the webinar that uh, I did with Brian Sisolak this morning. I mean, he was talking about that's okay in the U.S., not in Europe. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we're not like, we're not gaming it. Yeah, but we're willing we to act willing for to... maximum business benefit. I think. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's absolutely crazy. I I'm watching marketers. I've been watching for years. Panic. I mean, even when GDPR started to come out in oh eight oh nine. Yeah. yeah. You know, it it kind of reminded me, and we were talking about this last week, right? It was like when Can Spam happened, right? You know, uh, we had Trevor Hughes who created the 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 ESPC to go off and and to you know lot no, lobby as as a, as a high term, but to to go off and and try to make this law work for all because marketers were going to lose all their data and everything was just going to go down the toilet. And then yet, what we found out was what almost two years later was, oh yeah, Can Spam was actually kind of good because we went to quality over quantity and did better data. Privacy regulations were supposed to be that, I thought. Yeah. You know, I thought that they would help and GDPR did. But then as you were saying, right, we've just been kind of, you know, lacking here in the US. We, I, I joke that my wife will give away any part of her PII to get a buy one, get one free at pay less, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just how it is with her, right? Yeah. Um, and that is just the world that we live in here yeah. in the U.S. is that we're just open to giving things out. Because yeah. yeah. privacy has never been a fundamental human right. And you stated it very well. It's a patchwork. It's HIPAA and the Cable Act and the Telecommunications yeah. Act. And and whereas in the EU, right, um, even with GDPR now, the U.K. is the example. They had laws in the books in 73, 74, and 75. So you grew up with that idea a bet offline right before online happened that your data was yours and, and you had to get permission. So, so it's definitely way different. Yeah. And will we see something happen? We have to, I mean, I, I, I'm try. I, I just, I can't track 50 States worth of regulations. And like you said as well, companies here, customers here, what, you know, what's supposed to happen. I mean, how many more platforms do I need to buy for my website to right. decide what cookies to drop and what not to drop? <laughs> right, right. And I was, I was, I was doing the the coffee wake up newsfeed thing this morning, and I was struck by how many accept cookie pop ups were now part of the experience. Like noticeably more than X months ago, even. Like, yeah, well, it's gotten bad. This was like. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, why? Because that button's yeah. bigger and it's more blue than the other one. <laughs> I just want to read the dang article for, you know, 10 seconds. <laughs> it's gotten as, it's gotten as bad. Like I remember as GDPR happened, and I remember like some of my, you know, earlier trips to, to Europe and you walk into the hotel and you unpack your bag, take the laptop out, open it up, connect to the Wi-Fi. And it was like, literally there was like 15 choices just to get on the Wi-Fi just because of all the cookies, because yeah. they weren't even sure. Yeah, how to figure out what to ask you or what not to ask you. And it was interesting because even then, the UK ICO or Information Commissioner's Office went through a, a, a thing where they were like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna turn off cookies, right? We're, you know, and, unless people opt in, the defaults off uh, is is off." And they lost visibility of ninety five percent. Like, like literally, they, they talked about this openly. They couldn't, and they were like. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, per the regulation, we don't have to swing the pendulum that much. Let's go back the other way, you know. And they turn yeah. some cookies back on again. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when uh, the announcement about Apple's uh, email privacy thing mm-hmm. hit out of their um, developer conference June, <laughs> I, I had to do it. I went straight to Apple dot com to see what kind of <laughs> analytics and tracking and cookies were involved. And guess what? It's not zero. It's yeah, not freaking exactly. zero. It's like, okay, so why is it not okay here and perfectly fine here? Yeah, all yeah. that third party stuff too. It was all third party. All third party there. stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, explain <laughs> that one to me because uh, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth a little bit, guys. Yeah, yeah. I just and, don't understand it. Well, well, and like we talked about, well, and, and, and like we talked about last week a little bit, right? You know, it's great that they're going down this route to some extent, but. You know, even their own web browser, Safari, really doesn't go as far as it probably could Correct. from that cookie perspective, okay. right? Yeah, and that's why, like, for me, I mean, like, I use I, I use Brave now. Me I mean, too. you me know, I, I used to use the Chrome and then, you know, with all the stuff that was going on, I was like, okay, I'll go to Brave now. Give that a whirl for a bit. Yeah. But 
I mean, what are you going to do about Safari moving next? Apple, yeah. are you going to are you going to turn on Do Not Track as a full time? Are you going to start blocking more than just you know your uh, other people's cookies? It's just yeah. Well, okay. So 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 here's a here's here's a pointed question for a good reason. Uh, how often do you run something in private tabs deliberately? Uh, pretty regularly, actually, especially if I'm doing searches. Like I just had a friend of mine ask me to to look up something about this person was in Canada and they were like, can you look at this medication for me? I'm like, oh, sh- sure. Let me turn on private tabs just for a second because I don't want I don't to be, want be advertised by that. Yeah. I just, I, I know, I, I know better. And then I don't need that in my history, even though brave is, you know, I'm still, I go back and forth between using the Google search engine and then yeah. go, using DuckDuckGo. Duck, but go. yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, I, I don't need that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Or I don't need the distraction of, all of a sudden, every other thing in my newsfeed is related to you know to X to w- whatever it is, and yeah, and here and here it is the boundary. My my wife's on the opposite end from what you said about yours. She'll trade PII for convenience, which is very American. And, and mine <laughs> mine is like it, it, it will trade nothing and will will deliberately log out of everything. I, I, it's almost hard for me to be the tech support guy. I'm like. Which please leave that tab open because it's going to take another five minutes to log back. And she said, "I don't like it." Okie dokie, right? No, no, my wife does the same thing too. I converted her like two or three years ago with the last patch because I was tired of all the data breaches that were happening or the passwords because she was, you know, it was a dog's name with the cat's name yeah. and this yeah. and that, and it's like. Yeah. I need to put you on this. And then she goes and closes it. And then when she opens it, she's like, oh, it's asking me to, to, to log back into LastPass to factor in before I can even get to my passwords. I'm like, leave it open. Leave it in the background. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then the LastPass of the world, we've got the, okay, so wait a minute. It's like, who watches the watcher? Who do you trust? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, okay, LastPass, all my passwords in the cloud. That's great. Wait, is that great? I'm not sure. Is that great? Or not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. It's, yeah, 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 and 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 the over overarching thing there, which I really was curious to ask you about, you know, if if you do this or some of this for a living, or you've been at it for a while, you know, we cope, we keep up, we are aware of things like Brave. The person, the household that doesn't have a pet geek, it's yeah. got to be a bugger to navigate the world. Now. Oh yeah. No, it's, no, it is. Yeah, just, it is. It's 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 mind-numbingly detailed and complex, and like everyone's a corporation of one, whether they realize it or or not. Like or not. just just the list of passwords alone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, the I I tell Jennifer not to tell anybody anymore that I'm in computers and that I'm just basically a digital janitor, and I and I no longer have stacks of you know Windows 3.11 discs anymore, so I can't reload their computers anymore. So I just it, for you, a while there. Did you used to get that cocktail oh, parties yeah. were tech support jobs? Oh yeah, no, I still do. I mean, you know the you know the, the families who I absolutely love. You know these families that you know went to or their kids went to school with our kids. I still get calls from them like, hey, you know, can you come and reconstitute this hard drive that I haven't turned on in like you know ten years? It's got some pictures from like twenty you know twenty years ago. I'm going. Yeah, I don't even know if I even have a SATA or a, you know that type yeah, of plug anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of our one of our neighbors hired one of my sons to help them with some tech stuff. And I thought, that's kind of interesting. They kind of knew not to ask me. Right. <laughs> but they figured that it was probably somewhere in the DNA or the environment. <laughs> and, you know, not even the technical stuff is not their interest. But, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah this plugs into this. And you do that. And they're like, right, they just absorb it. Um, although I don't find millennials as tech savvy as they think they are. No, like my my boys are not. They they still call me quite a bit, even though they've got all the yeah. latest and greatest sort of gadgets. But they they still have to call me when something's happened or yeah. the university yeah. has installed like some new software they got to use. I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, those of uh, you hate to do the gray hair thing, but those of us old enough to have you know sort of worked with the crude early stuff, it's kind of yeah. like they're like they are being in a conversation about cars and engines. Right. It's like, yeah, if you had to get under the hood a little bit when you could, you got at least some idea what to try or what parts affect what other parts. Yeah. Not that I'm a mechanic by any stretch. No, it's it's interesting. So, you know, the boys um, this summer uh, changed. So last year when they were here, they were working at the local golf course and making great money. They're like tips and whatnot because they figured the system out. Speaking of kids, like like they figured out how to work with people. They found like the local insurance agent that made a lot of money. And when, he, and when he would pull up every single day, they were quick to get him a golf cart 
and have it waiting because he was dropping $20, $30 tips every day, right? So they figured out how to work with people, number one. But then this summer, what they've learned is interesting. And so Andrew's working at the library and he's learning a lot of good people skills and, mm-hmm. and, and those sorts of things. And watching him change his mind or how his mind expands is, is great. But Matthew ended up getting a position at the um, uh, maintenance division. And, you know, at first, you know, it was like, yeah, he's putting together picnic tables and, and doing this and that. You know, now there's, you know, several weeks, what, two months, maybe three months into the summer now, he has gotten so good with tools that like something was broken. He came by like a week ago. Something was broken here. He's like, oh, I'll take care of that. I'm going, wait, what? Nice. Wait, that's great. So I don't have to do this anymore. Like, you'll like, like all of a sudden his mind has been turned on to the fact that I can do these sorts of things. And I'm like, both of these skills that you guys are seeing right now are what's going to come in handy. And I don't think a lot of kids at your age get that opportunity to, to be ready to enter the workforce in, yeah. in the next couple of years. So, yeah. you know, good on you, Matthew, for learning how to fix things, because Absolutely. when you get to be my age and you wonder why I'm fixing things around here, because I know how to do it because I taught myself, right. Yeah. That's, that, that's lost on most of these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's uh, those of us in the digital space, it's so partially our fault, right? Mm-hmm. Because, these are so like these are so freaking complicated and and locked down and convoluted that even if you are an expert, it's like, oh man, I I, I can barely, I can yeah. I can't get under the hood, yeah. at all. Um, and 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 kids with less opportunity or created necessity to work with their hands to mm-hmm. understand what a socket sets for and right. stuff like that. <laughs> I I don't think we're doing them any favors at no. all. No, like, nah, well, nah. it's yeah. it's it's all a lost art. I mean, for you and I, at least, go, you know, going through school, we we had to take home economics. Um, you know, there was still a shop class of sorts. Um, you know, I was a band geek, so you know, there was still some fine arts involved. Why'd you play? I was a percussionist. Oh, <laughs> uh, trumpet. Oh, really? I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. Yeah, yeah I, I was I a band geek. For that, a was my, that was my tribe almost all the way through. <laughs> It's what kept me. It's what kept me out of trouble most of the time. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. But for kids, I mean, you look at like I use this as an example today as well. Like I sometimes will go teach at the uh, uh, the four A's stuff, right? All the, uh, mm, yeah. all the to teach the parents about technology and security and privacy, and you know, hey kids, you know, make sure you don't put out your PII or talk to strangers, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> the stuff that they were teaching us, the life teaching skills, right? The life event skills, they're not doing that. Anymore. No, and one of those is, is computers and technology. Like, you know, most, most high schools are depending on where you're at. You either still use a lab or if you're, you know, in a nice area, they might give you a tablet or, or a laptop to use. But outside of that, that's all you're using it for. They don't teach them any of those skills about being online. And, and I'm interested actually now with us still now being remote because of COVID, how is that affecting those that graduated in the last year or two that went into the workforce if they were lucky enough to get a job? Like, how does that change your, you know, your mindset a little bit? Like, do you understand how technology works, you know, video conferencing, all that stuff? Because I don't know, you know, again, it's not being taught as much as it, as it used to be life-wise. And that's part of it. I think that we should be teaching these, you know, younger folks is, hey, you're about to go in the real world. This is this is how you're going to end up, you know, interacting with the, with the majority of it for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and not leaving out the other thing that you mentioned about, about uh, Andrew, like the people skills stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's taken a bit of a beating in the last year. Exactly. Yeah, cuz cuz so much so much is uh you know so much is remote and remoted and and mm-hmm. you know kind of mediated and phoned in and uh, yeah like um and I I don't discount the the skills that the digital natives have that I like don't like they they know the protocol. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dad, you called me without texting me first. I'm like, "Oh, is that <laughs> That's the new rule. Like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, well, that, I mean, that's, that's, a little, well, it's funny you say that because that's how I primarily will communicate with them because they're busy and I don't want to bother them. Is yeah. I'm trying. But we, we actually, they don't even really text that often. They don't really respond back. It's actually, believe it or not, it's, it's Snapchat for us. Interesting. When, you know, pre, you know, pre pandemic, but even now, um, you know, as I, you know, a lot of us were on the roads. That's how they knew what I was doing throughout my day. I would take photos of the events that we were at or Snapchat thing, and they would see those or the videos. And the same thing happens with them now, even more today. They, re- it's almost like, it's almost like the promotions box at, at Gmail. It's waiting for them. It's not yeah. beeping at them. It's sitting in the Snapchat app 
Mm-hmm. And they've got all their friends who have done it. And they can, when they're ready to, they can go look at those timelines and those videos or those pictures and then respond whenever they want. When they want. So there's yeah. no pressure. And I kind of like that myself now. It, it's been kind of enjoyable for me as well to talk with them. But yeah, we get a visual yeah. of that. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we've got a long-running family, you know, everyone on an iPhone in our, in our case. We've got a long-running long run, long family message thread. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't want to know how many pictures and videos stacked up on multiple devices. <laughs> no, we do the same thing too. It, yeah. it's, it's why my wife's phone is is always running out of space because right. all the pictures and stuff are in that local database. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 all of this like was barely sci-fi, right? When when yeah. when we were starting working with this stuff. I mean, if you you did BBS, the notion of uploading a picture over twelve hundred, probably twelve hundred baud. Yeah. I don't think so. You gotta sit there and watch it render line by line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if you had like a bad day or the weather wasn't really good, and you know, I mean, like I remember when we were able to start bonding phone lines together, and then there was ISDN, and you would yep. get a bonded pair. And yep, yep. It was like, wow, I'm doing 128. Well, that, that's crazy. You that's know? crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, back to security and privacy for a second. Some of the human behaviors that are problems now were obvious and problems then, even in the infant yeah. days. You know, BBS is you had the, the flame war or the guy who wouldn't shut up or the guy who, mm-hmm. who was trying to sneak ads in there. Like same, mm-hmm. same cotton picking. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. It's yeah. just different technology, slower time. It is, yeah. it's, it's still like, it's, it's the old tragedy, tragedy of the commons, right? Yeah. We, yeah. you know, we created this for the benefit of, well, we're originally as governments and universities and whatnot to be able to trade information. And it was yep. opened up to, a little bit more and a little bit more. And then obviously that one person comes in and, and ruins it for everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. like, I, I, I remember years of like being in one news group and going, okay, let's go, let's go start another one just over here. And and we're going to leave these guys over here because this is getting kind of crazy. And then this one, you know, it started off really well. And then you get ruined. Lifespan, yeah. li- li- yeah. life, lifespan arc. Yeah. 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 Many, many, many dissertations yet to be written. So, so let's talk more current time frame in email, but you're, you're, you're involved at, at, at Maripost. Um, what are the key privacy and security issues for customers of a company like Maripost? What are the things they're grappling with? Um, you know, I think for us is, is to be honest, uh, is, is making sure that our clients understand what their obligations are and us not ignoring interesting or, or looking the other way. Right. I find that I, we all should be a data steward, right? You know, whether it's our business or, you know, or again, I say our business, but our data. So like, as an example, like yesterday, our privacy council within Mara Post met, and that, you know, includes like the VP of sales, the VP of marketing, you know, all these higher up people and whatnot, because it's not, it shouldn't ever just be me running this thing, but everyone should have a piece of the pie, right? Yeah. Um, because they're also collecting data and they're seeing things that I just can't see day in and day out, especially, you know, with what they're doing. But that same thing I think exists within clients is that if we know a client has done something, has brought in a list or has done something wrong, and it's like, all right, well, let's 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 look at this for a second. Like, where did you get this from? Oh, it's 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 people in the EU. Did you get permission? Did you do this? You can't do that. Not only can you not do that because it's against our AUP for sending out spam and you know that kind of thing, but by the way, that's that's illegal, right? Yeah, and yeah. you need to make sure that you go off and, and you do that. Because what, what I'm noticing and what I'm hearing a lot more of, and you and you've seen this over the years, is these you know data protection authorities are not just holding the 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 data controllers as we like to call them, right? Um, you know, uh, holding them um, um, you know in responsibility for whatever that they're doing, but they're now going after those that might be also in processing that data or, or knowing that something is going on. In other words, you can't claim stupidity anymore. You can't look away from it anymore. And I think it's also our job to sort of do that. So I think that's one of the biggest things that like John and the team have to do on the deliverability compliance side of things is to say, hey, saw some complaints, saw whatever. These numbers are out of whack. What are you like? Stop. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Let us help you figure this out, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think that I think that's one of the things that we um, spend more more of our time on. And I think almost every almost every other company out there kind of does that. Right. Because we all want to be the the you know creme de la creme of platforms that are out there and, and don't want to end up in the spam folder or on spam house or something to that effect. Well it's I mean it's it's interesting from another angle as well that that you know a vendor uh, mm-hmm. 
it ends up with this additional part of the job, this education, and and yeah. and you know you're you're not you're not law enforcement per se, but law awareness, if yeah. nothing else, becomes yeah. part of the job. And it's you know it's bad for the vendor, bad for the company if their customers really misuse and abuse. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a a business interest in saying no 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 don't do that don't do that yeah. But it gets yeah. it does get bigger and broader than 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 that and you do end up with this additional responsibility that says like you know i need to help you do this because you won't be successful mm-hmm. and because i don't want to see you in jail yeah <laughs> and yeah, those things exactly. it's like it's like if you you know a funny joke to make but if you buy a you buy a circular saw now you can bet there's a dummy sticker that says don't stick your fingers in this it's like because <laughs> someone must have once yeah, exactly. So now the company's got to produce the sticker that says "Don't put sticker. don't put your fingers in the blade." <laughs> really, <laughs> exactly. It's a bad idea. I know. Yeah, it's a Darwin Award. They're just they're <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. You know, here's your sign. You know, <laughs> I'm waiting for the warning sticker on bricks. Is, hey, don't hit yourself with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't throw this around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Exactly. <laughs> But so. but with email, email is a particularly like funny, weird matrix because there's sort of I send email, ergo I'm an email expert. Almost everyone's got that like that mental framework problem. Like, well, that or they yeah, or they make up their own stats. It was like our discussion today, right? It was like open rates, open rates. Hey, I'm seeing forty percent open rates. I'm like one. I don't think you're really seeing forty percent open rates, but really, wait, open like let's let, let's go back for a second let's talk about you know clicks to conversions to whatever right let's, let's talk about those real metrics all the stuff that, that that Jennings was talking about today it's like that's what's important you know i i get the fact that you think you're an email expert cuz you can hit the, the you know the button like the monkey does but no that doesn't work that way you know this is why my wife doesn't drive a ferrari okay because there's no way that number one she could drive a stick shift like that and why would i no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well i you know it's hard not to get a little irked with, let's say, marketers who run email programs mm-hmm. when they when they they seriously don't seem to understand even the basic plumbing right. involved in what they're doing. And then I try on the other side of it, go, well, yeah, but it's like, it's not like they're not up to here, busy doing the things that they that they do do. I think they'd benefit. I, think I made that comment in the webinar today, like. You know what? Read up a little bit on HTTP. Guess what? Because it actually is part of your life and has been for twenty years. And if you didn't look at that, I, you're kind of missing a, a basic groundwork understanding. And I also think, are they going to bother? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I somebody the other day was like, I can't believe we're still dealing with deliverability issues. How is it that this hasn't been talked about <laughs> for so long? Well, I mean, you've got all these, you know, new people, new kids, whatever. They're coming Constantly. into this, and and you know, and, and they have no idea. It's you know, they just hire them, right? And go, okay, you know, your job is to help us put together whatever, right? And yeah. they start learning those hard lessons very early on. Like, oh, more's better, bigger red button, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. The, the, and, you know, there's a way of doing it. And it has, you know, like this, the, 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 the digital ecosystem has evolved and continues to evolve so fast that really trying to get on top, no one's an expert in everything. It's just not, it's like, it's not possible. And- Email in particular seems to suffer a, a, a churn problem, professionally speaking. I mean, there's either people who've been at it for a good long stretch and end up back in it, or there and gone, there and gone, there and gone, like the, mm-hmm. the per- perpetual, someone said, freshman class or something like that, like stuff yeah. to get them to stick around. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, I think for a lot of folks, either they find it really fun or they just don't find it fun or not, not sexy at all, right? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, you know, I, I, I have to tell people that, you know, marketing is not easy. I mean, it, it just isn't. I mean, if it, you know, if it was, then we, we'd all be retired. It is, it is a very tough mathematical job. I mean, I, yes. I kind of make it a science sort of thing. It's like, yes. you've got a lot of things you have to look at and you have to be a psychologist and you've got to be an artist and you've got to, you've got to hold multiple degrees, multiple hats almost to be able yes. to do those jobs yes. and be very successful at it. Absolutely. And if you're just coming in and going, Oh, I, I can create an email. Sure. You know, I can move some things around and, oh, you know, I can use this WYSIWYG basically, right? But I'm hoping that after I hit that, then good. Maybe if one person buys something, I've done my job. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Well, but, and you made the joke early on about, uh, you know, about your stats class in college. <laughs> and now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like every day, all day, some some grasp of statistics is absolutely vital. Why? Because the numbers we're, numbers we're grappling with, you're not going <laughs> to wrestle down any other way. 
Yeah, I, I I joke around with people and tell them that I mean, and this is true. Haas uh, Hassenport, who was our professor, I, and I still remember him very vividly. But uh, you know, oddly enough, every time I drive by a McDonald's now, I look at a McDonald's and I the, the lessons and the way he would teach it was like, okay, how do they know how to be ready for the lunch crowd? Like how many Big Macs to make, how many you know quarter pounders to make, et cetera, et cetera, without wasting food, without you know, then being behind and it all comes down to statistics and looking at numbers and samples and, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know what? Okay. That, and you look at that now from a marketing perspective, yeah. you have to look at that and kind of go, all right, what kind of inferences can I make other than just an open, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's gotta be more, more to that than just that. And that was the beauty of like marketing automation. I, that was an eye opener, especially from somebody who had been a staunch anti-spam person for so many years Interesting. was to finally see this thing called the funnel. And go, oh, okay, MQLs, you know, SQLs. And then, you know, for us, one of the examples that I always loved giving was like, you know, hey, you know, here comes Matthew and 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 he's given us his email address and he's got a title of, of CEO. And and by the way, he did click on this and there was all these, you know, um, you know, pr- you know, numbers. Yeah, these ticks, but these, you know, values. So we would say, okay, well, CEO title is very important to us because that's the person we're looking for. So that's got a 50 as as the number. Um, and yet maybe his click is worth 10, 10 points. And and that whole point system was so mind blowing to me. I was like, wow. And it was interesting that from Eloqua's perspective, I started talking about it as deliverability plus. Like nice. take your deli- you know, nice. take your deliverability to a completely new level by looking at the mathematics of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 marketing, as you said, it's art, it's science. Like mm-hmm. I think the science side of it has gone like this yeah. in the last decade or so. We've we've got a level of we've got a level and a set of feedback mechanisms that did not exist in the broadcast era. Like, oh yeah. Right. You, you, you know, you paid your money, you, Sam Wanamaker, half my ad budget is wasted. I just don't know which half. And now half your ad budget is wasted, but you probably know at least part of part of what's wasted. So you yeah. can change it and waste it a different, different way the next time. Different way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of miss the old days of like Nielsen measurements, just real simple. Just one thing you had to keep out. Now you've yeah. got all these different things now. <laughs> Right. And, and, and it's a lot to learn on the job, but that's the only way to learn it too. It is. Yeah. I, we, I've watched everybody that's been in our industry, all of us, all of us old fogies and whatnot, but I've watched all of us at some point or another say, Hey, let's go to the university of whatever, and let's go start a marketing program or let's go help them put together. And, and, and and you go full fledged into it. And, and the university is like, yeah, we love to do this. And then it just falls apart. Never, it never holds for some reason. I, I've never been able to figure that out. Yeah. They're more interested, like all the stuff that I'm doing here in Dallas with like DBU and SMU and all these other colleges, it's all about um, startups. That's all it is. It's 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 all it's all about cool. They're not putting that money into marketing. They actually like SMU's got a great marketing professor and he teaches some of the real high level basics of marketing, I think, but I don't know how far he gets into it. At least I don't know if he gets into this sort of detail, but it, you know, it just it never happens. What do you what do you make of the entrepreneur slash startup you know r- rock star fixation that seems relatively new to me it's a little dangerous i think i i can't tell you how many times i've been either invested into a company or mentored a company where they wanted to live that startup founder lifestyle right they see all these famous people that have done really well for themselves and they want that huh. and so their decisions and their companies are yeah. now being made based purely on how do i get there quicker right Instead of making smart decisions about your business and financing and hiring and you know and how you build, um, and you know it's 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 unfortunately I think you know, all these TV shows and whatnot very much sensationalize it all. I mean I don't even watch you know Mark and those guys doing that stuff on TV because I'm like wow you're going to give away fifty percent of your business just because you're going to get yeah. twenty thousand dollars in, in, in his Rolodex. I, I'm not sure that's the best deal in the world. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But it just, yeah, you know, it just occurred to me. Rough analogy. You're an ex. You're you're a former band geek. You'll get it. It's like the 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 startup shows are to the actual grind of of building a business as um, you know uh, America's Got Talent is to the grind of learning an instrument. Yeah, learning an instrument and actually getting a talent behind it. Right. You know, everybody wants to be a rock star. Nobody wants to play scales. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I I can't. I don't want to name names, but like, there's an individual that went through one of those singing programs and. I mean, he basically had, you know, he had chords and, and, but if I put some sheet music to sight read, he couldn't do that or even tell me what a major or minor, minor melodic scale was. It just, there's no way. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, it's too much, a little too much to regret. And I mean, we're sounding like the, you know, the guys in the Muppets balcony, <laughs> which is a little bit dangerous. I mean, but uh, you know, like someone who does does the the startup and entrepreneur thing more than once. When someone, when I see someone ranting on about you know the the path to glory, I'm like, dude, this is a lot more work than a job. And if you're not willing to sign up for that, you're diluted a little bit and you're going to learn a lesson the hard way, I suspect. I've seen a couple of young founders uh, in the last couple of years that came straight out of college. I'm going to start a company, going to make go like gangbusters. And two years later, they're like, wow, this is difficult. I may just want to sell this thing and, and be done with it. I, I I don't want to put the hard work into it. And it, it is. It is. It is very tough. I, I have been there. We have lost it. We have, you know, we have won. But. You know, I think people always think that when you say startup, that you're going to be leaving there with a you know six seven digits on your paycheck at some point, and most of the time you're no. not. I mean, yeah, it's no, just going to no. be a loss. Yeah, it's a ninety plus percent likelihood not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is not to say don't like don't give it a try, but yeah. yeah but <laughs> but, ta- but but take but take what you learn from that right and do something different. I. I, I tell people like for me, like I got involved only because of one person. And it was a guy named Mark Kwame who was at Sequoia Ventures. And he did he had been involved with like the Ebays and the Googles and the Yahoos in the early wow. days of investing. And when he did and Sequoia Capital did their investment in Strongmail, I remember like literally asking him, like, how is it you have 30 some odd million dollars that you just gave us? Like, like, like if we just piss this thing away, like what does that do for you? And, and how do you make money? And I remember him very specifically telling me, listen, do not focus on the money. It's never about the money. He goes, the money is good because money can be good. It does things for you. He goes, but you have to focus on the product and you got to focus more specifically on the people people, and build the culture around your company around them. Because if they're not happy, the company's not going to be happening. It's not going to go anywhere. And that's why you see, I think, a lot of successful startups that have put people first. It's why Google and those folks have invested heavily in you know, uh, you know, dry cleaning services and food service, you know, all those things to make your life easier so yeah. that you'll work hard. Yeah. And eventually it'll, it will pay off. And he was, he was so right. I mean, we at Eloqua did the same thing to our clientele. We called them Eloquins. Oh, actually take that back. We actually called ourselves Eloquins internally as a, as a gesture. The, the, the customers heard the term and said, well, how do we become a part of that fancy club? And we're like, oh, well, sure. Well, we can bestow upon you the term yeah. eloquent and be a part of this family. And when you, we ended up doing that, we brought everyone, the customers and the employees nice. all together. And that worked. Same thing happened at Return Path. Matt made sure that it was family. You know, it was, it was everything comes first before the job does. And that's wow. why everybody was so happy and able to do those sorts of things. And I think that that's a lost idea on some of these kids that are coming out of college to go, I'm going to do a startup and I've got to be this way. No, you don't. Right. I, I, I do think that we're getting smarter about those human capital issues that you just touched on. Yeah. yeah. And you look at company, you mentioned Google for sure. Netflix always comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, where they're as, as the intellect and, and creativity um, output from, from an employee becomes more and more clearly the thing that's going to make this work. Or the relationships, right? right? You go like, how do we how do we enable them to do that and 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 not put crap in the way that doesn't enable that, right? So that and and pick people that like this is their sweet spot, their strong spot. You know, great at people skills, put them in a people job, etc. It's like it's nice that we're getting smarter. I, I was at I was at uh, Microsoft in the '90s, which was a it was like it was a fascinating ride, but it was very much the you got to be there seven days a week. Uh, pre, you know, pre this better recognition of human capital, and I, I, I never bought it. Like, yeah, yeah, if you can't get it done in five, five and a half days a week. Maybe you need to be a little smarter about picking your projects. See, ya. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Well, and 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 it's funny because now, like, even this week, I don't know if you didn't see on the news, but now they're again bringing up this whole idea that we need a four day week, right? I mean, great. I think a four-day week's kind of a nice thing. I personally don't think we need it, but I'm also an adult that's been able to figure out after 15 plus years working at home to go, all right, I can work 12, 18 hours a day if I have to, or if I need to work six hours or like today, I got up this morning and got up early, got the wife out of the house. You know, I I, I went and took you know took a jog and did a little bit of email and I was like, oh, I got to go to the parts store now because I got to get that part for my car. 
you know, back here by 10 o'clock to do a bunch of work. And yeah. who knows? I mean, it, I'm adult enough to figure out that I can balance my days out. But there are others that can't figure that out. They can't put the devices down. It's literally, I think, one of the reasons even that return path, when we decided to forego vacation, we said, we don't have vacation policy. You take the time that you need. And what ended up happening is people didn't take vacation. Didn't take so vacation. We're like, we're like, okay, great. So new policy. Every four years, you have a 60-day paid sabbatical. And we would kick people out wow. and go go somewhere. We would spend their passwords on their email so they couldn't touch it <laughs> wow. and say, go away. And when I did my first sabbatical, I remember the first two or three weeks, I'm like, twitchy. I need my, where's my corporate email? And I couldn't get into it. And by the, you know, what, six, seven, whatever week it was, I was like, I really don't want to go back to work now. <laughs> I, I took a, I took a compromise version of that when, uh, when our team was a little bit bigger, I said, okay, our vacation policy is you have to take at least one contiguous week of vacation in the year, or I will yell at you. Yeah. Because because yeah. uh, otherwise, and Netflix has had this problem with the unlimited vacation, like people right. you know, pe- people don't take it. Like, mm. yeah. and mea culpa, startup guy, it's freaking hard. It is. It is I to like detach it. and and yeah. not check them, you know, log files or whatever, and solve right. that one problem. Like, oh, you done, <laughs> you dork. Well, well, the week that we were on vacation, the whole family of us were on vacation. That week, HR goes, "Hey, everybody in Marpost, Monday, everybody has off." And I'm going. Oh, well, that's nice. I'm already on vacation, but they just gave everybody off on a Monday and said, enjoy the day because we need you to recharge and be ready for this whole thing. Right. Nice. Um, there was a lot of that. We should wrap up soon, but there was a lot of, it was interesting watching companies sort of go, oh, wow, we have to take care of people a little bit during the pandemic. Like the 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 verbiage around that shifted really fast and to, to the credit yeah. of a lot of employers, I have to say. Yeah. I, you know, when I talked to, you know, you know, to Len over at uh, Twilio and, and Mac Gonzalez over at Remote, like those guys said that, you know, when the pandemic started outside of, yeah, go home, here's a budget for you to buy office furniture to work at home. They then started adding more money to them and saying, here, here's some lunch money or, you know, go off and do this or, you know, go off and take this day to go do this with your family. And here's some money to go spend on that. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, I, I've seen some of the companies in the last year also say, hey, we're actually going to give you 1200 bucks every year or two, whatever it was to go take a vacation. We're, we're actually going to pay you for your wow. vacation. And I'm going, wow. That's really awesome, but yeah, it was a complete mindset change in the last year on that. Do you think? We'll that, we'll go, do you think we'll go move away from that and, and sort of go back? It's interesting to see what's happening with all these companies who were saying you can work remote for as long as you want, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, now you need to show back up again, and everybody got really upset about that because they went, well, I'm, I've actually figured this out. I know how to work remotely and do it very well. Now we're back to going, oh, never mind, pandemic's back start working remote again. We'll yeah. figure this out later. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. And like Apple has said, yeah. no. And, and I get why they said that. Like I've actually read that research yeah. and they're right. But just from Apple's lens on it, mm-hmm. they're going to lose some rock stars predictably. Oh yeah, they are. Well, I mean, San Francisco did. Everybody decided, oh, I don't have to live in the city anymore and pay all this money for rent. Why not? So yeah. I'm going to move away. I mean, yeah. Uh, moving states in most cases, and yeah, yeah. they're not going to want. Yeah, yeah, it's getting crowded here. Boom, it's getting crowded here. It really is. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, even places like Bo- Boise, Idaho, boom, right, just yeah. ex- exploding. And I'm up in the corner of Washington. You know, we're 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 seeing it as well. Although yeah. I can't I can't claim it's the only place that's cool anymore because. <laughs> yeah. We had a heat wave. What's up with that? I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? Wow. Well, shoot, Dennis, I can't wait for us to be live together at an email conference and continue this conversation. No, uh, no, we can, do, we can do it at a bar, you know? I I was never a huge conference guy, but so many wonderful people in the email space that I've got have managed that I've, I've had such a great time getting to know. I, I literally can't wait for the next it's, live conference. It, I think those that, that are either new to this industry, if I leave you with sort of one thought process in this whole thing is, you know, get to know the folks that you're working with and get to know those that are, you know, in the industry. You know, I, a lot of us, you know, that have been here long enough, this is a, an extended family of ours. We've, we've, we've seen the weddings and the, and the babies and the deaths and everything else. And, and when we all get together at these events, it literally is like, it's, it's a family reunion for all of us to get together and sit down and break bread and have a couple of drinks and then go teach and, 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 and help, you know, others. And, just reach yeah. out to people. Yeah. We're all very nice people, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so for you and I, yeah, definitely it's going to be a lot of fun once we can finally nice get back together. I've, I've ever worked in. Well, once again, for those of you listening, my my guest today, 
has been the wonderful Dennis Damon at uh, Mara Post, CPO right now, and and man of many parts. Dennis, thanks so much for the time. It was a real pleasure talking with you. No, you're welcome. It was great. Thanks for having me be here. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to the future of email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash future of email. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it. And of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show, and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail, or follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.